And as all the kids are heading back to blast, we'll uh, go. Let's go ahead and say a, a word of prayer here. Father, we thank you for those of us that made it here today, Lord. And we also ask for favor upon all the people that are traveling this weekend, which is a big travel weekend. Lord, we do pray for Chris and Bill as they are learning more about you, Lord, at a retreat. Father, we just uh, thank you that uh, they can have enough time to attend these things to uh, enhance their spiritual growth as well, Father. Jesus, we ask a blessing upon everyone here today and, and upon all peoples, Lord, as they travel, that uh, they go in your name and that they stay safe in your wonderful arms. Father, we just can't thank you enough for this day, and we all give you praise and glory. Amen. So, I am blessed enough to be able to bring the word today. A little bit different than what I normally do because I normally am one of the guys that like to preach all the good news about love and everything else. But Bill kind of laid this on us at a late time that he would like to attend this retreat and we were to pray about it and God told me I was going to preach. But then he didn't tell me what. So first thing I thought, you know, I got my little buddy Joel. I'm buddies with Joel. So I'm thinking, okay, Lord, probably Joel. The Lord said, no, we're not doing Joel. So he said, keep going, keep going. Well, we ended up at Obadiah. Wonder why. That's a, a one, uh, 21-verse book in the Bible. So we're going to cover the whole book today. How cool is that? <laughs> All 21 verses. But Obadiah, this is, and, and the book is called Obadiah, and it is about... One of the, they, they call them the minor prophets, but Obadiah stands for servant of the Lord, messenger of the Lord, or better yet for the Jewish people, servant of Yahweh, uh, messenger of Yahweh. So anyway, Obadiah gets this, I guess the Lord entered his, his uh, mind and he had a vision. So the vision was a prophetic vision concerning the fall of Edom, a mountain-dwelling nation whose founding father was Esau. And we'll talk a little more about Esau soon. But what we want to do is we want to start out, we want to read from Obadiah. And we're going to cover the first four verses first. Obadiah's vision. The vision of Obadiah. This is what the sovereign Lord says about Edom. We have heard a message from the Lord. An envoy was sent to the nations to say... Rise, let us go against her for battle. See, I will make you small among the nations. You will be utterly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you, you who live in the clefts of the rocks and make your home on the heights. You who say to yourself, who can bring me down to the ground? Though you soar like the eagle and make your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. So Obadiah has to go to these guys and the bottom line is, in verse 3, the pride of your heart. Bottom line, what had happened was the Edomites, again, who are descended from Esau, started to become very prideful. Where it wasn't like, I'm proud of my kids, I'm proud of the fact that I worked so many years I could retire, I'm proud of this. Their pride took them to where they were above God, above the Lord himself. 
And again, they were all a little bitter yet because we know what the story of Edom is. But the, the, uh, the you know, Obadiah describes this encounter with Yahweh uh, because of Edom's arrogance and charges them with their violence against Israel, their brother Jacob. Now, let me give you the definition of pride. A feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements or with those closely associated or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. The Oxford defines it as the quality of having an excessively high opinion of oneself or one's own importance. So why is that important and why is God saying this to Edom? Edom actually was a mountain-dwelling people, and it was kind of cool. Uh, I, I wish I could have found some illustrations. But they actually lived high in the mountains, and they had their homes in that set into the clefts of the rocks. And they not only had that, but they had a, it was about a mile-long strip, barely wide enough for wagons, etc., in order to get to their city. And their city was magnificent as well. They started to get to where, because they, they were, it was hard to attack them because of this one small road to get to the city and because of where they lived in the rocks. And they put themselves, again, above, above the Lord because they felt as though they were just like the eagles. They were that high. They were able to see any attack coming. They were able to uh, stop any movement from coming against them just because of where they lived and where they were. It talks about the wise men. They had, just like other nations, men that were very, very adept to being able to meet the challenges of their, their homes in the rocks, as well as how they could guard their homes from oncoming other people that would want to go a war against them or whatever. So they got to that, that spot in their lives where they felt they did not have to depend on the Lord. So here's, here's the number one reason why the Lord is sending them these warnings, these messages. For one, their pride. Their pride is putting the Lord secondary to their own pride and their own judgment. So when he, when he says, when the Lord says, an envoy was sent to the nations, Basically, the Lord is telling them, you're not going to get all the help you had before. And we'll talk about kind of what Edom was like against uh, Judah and against Israel. But the Lord was telling them, because of your pride, you're going down. You may think you're untouchable, but I'm telling you that I'm going to bring the rest of the nations against you, and you won't be anymore. He questions, who can bring me down to the ground well, the Lord can bring you down to the ground. So that there is, is kind of the, the little bit of history of what's going on there, why the Lord is upset with them at this point in time. Verse 5, well, let's read on from verse 5. Verse 5 says, If thieves came to you, if robbers in the night, oh, what a disaster awaits you. Would they not steal only as much as they wanted? If grape pickers came to you, would they not leave a few grapes? But how Esau will be ransacked, 
his hidden treasures pillaged. All your allies will force you to the border. Your friends will deceive and overpower you. Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, but you will not detect it. In that day, declares the Lord, will I not destroy the wise men of Edom, those of understanding in the mountains of Esau? Your warriors, Teman, will be terrified, and everyone in Esau's mountains will be cut down in the slaughter. So now the Lord is, is he's getting a little more, I guess, out, outright out front to him, saying, hey, because of, because of your pride and because of what you guys are doing, you're going to come down, you're going to come down hard. So we, we all realize that if, we, if our homes get robbed, they don't take everything from our home. They take what they think is valuable and they go from where. The same thing is happening here. He's saying to them, if a, if a robber comes to your house, does he not leave some things? If they come to steal your grapes, will they not let a few grapes? The Lord here is telling Edom, you guys won't even get that advantage. When I take you down, you're down for the count. There is going to be no scraps. There is going to be no more Edom. There will be no more Edomites. And by the way, they do disappear shortly after... Shortly after... Uh, uh, 70 AD, uh, after the destruction of Jerusalem, Edom is no longer heard from after that point. So just as a little bit of a story here, when he talks about your warriors, Teman, Teman was the grandson of Esau. He was very adept to military warfare, and he was, again, one of the guys that helped set up the defenses that they had for any, any nation that would try to come against them. But he's even telling Teman, you'll be terrified because of the wrath that I'm going to bring on you and your mountains uh, because everything's going to end in this, this era. Now, I just want to give you guys a little bit. Do you remember the story of Esau and Jacob, the twins? Uh, Esau came out first, so he had the birthright. Uh, these were Isaac's sons. Isaac was the son of Abraham. And... First of all, Jacob gets Esau to give up his birthright because he comes in all hungry from hunting and, and wants something to eat. Esau's, okay, well, but first you need to give, me, give up your birthright. Um, and Esau don't know any better. He's just hungry. Sure, no problem. But then what happens is uh, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, helps him to trick Isaac, who by this time in his age is blind. And so... He ends up tricking Isaac into giving the blessing, the birthright, to Jacob. Again, we, that sounds like a pretty bad deal that they have to trick Isaac and everything else, but hey, this is the way the Lord's plans had it laid out. And so that's why for generations, the Edomites hated Jerusalem and Jacob. They hated Israel because Jacob associates with Israel. They hated Israel because of what had happened back to their founding father. So we're to this point now where the Lord has said, this is what I'm going to do. Edom, you're, you're going down. Things have got to change. He's, he's letting them know you're going to come down hard unless, you know, unless things change. So in 10 it says, because of, because of the violence against your brother Jacob, again, which is Israel, you will be covered with shame. You will be destroyed forever. 
On the day you stood aloof while strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were like one of them. And he gave them eight do nots. You need, to, you need to stop doing these things you're doing. And, and so as, as we read on, it says, you should not gloat over your brother in the day of his misfortune, nor rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor boast so much in the day of their trouble. You should not march through the gates of my people in the day of their disaster, nor gloat again over them in their calamity. In the day of their disaster, nor seize their wealth in the day of their disaster. You should not wait at the crossroads to cut down their fugitives, nor hand over their survivors in the day of trouble. Now, why does the Lord bring that up in this, in this part of the book? What the Edomites were doing was they were like scavengers. They would get with another nation that was going to go against Israel. And again, remember, Israel's, every nation's been trying to take down Israel for as long as time goes on uh, because the Lord has promised it will not go away. So what they did was they would go with these other nations. These nations would come in. They would conquer Jerusalem, Israel. Then the Edomites would come in and they would take prisoners. They would take what was left that the, the original nation that conquered them would not take. Again, like scavengers, they would just clean them out. They, they hated them so much that their, it, their function in life was to make things as bad as they could for Jacob's descendants. So now Lord, the Lord's given them these things in, in the hopes that they would stop. Stop gloating over it because they just thought it was the greatest thing when Israel would be, again, a nation would come against them at war. They just thought everything was going to be great as long as their, their brother, because, again, this is the Lord looking at them saying, you guys were brothers, you should be brother nations, and yet you've totally gone against your brother. And again, Jacob relates to Israel. Esau relates to the Edomites. So the Lord is now giving them what warnings he's, he's going to give them. When we get to verse 15, the Lord kind of shifts it. So now the prophecy shifts to the end times. The Lord starts to talk about all nations now. He's not just talking to Edom. He's now talking about all nations. And he says, The day of the Lord is near for all nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. Your deeds will return upon your own head. Just as you drank on my holy hill, so all the nations will drink continually. They will drink and drink and be as if they had never been. But on Mount Zion will be deliverance. It will be holy, and Jacob will possess his inheritance. Jacob will be a fire and Joseph a flame. Esau will be stubble, and they will set him on fire and destroy him. There will be no survivors from Esau. The Lord has spoken. People from the Negev will occupy the mountains of Esau, and people from the foothills will possess the land of the Philistines. They will occupy the fields of Ephraim and Samaria, and Benjamin will possess Gilead. This company of Israelite exiles who are in Canaan will possess the land as far as Zarephath, 
the exiles from Jerusalem who are in Sepharad will possess the towns of the Negev. Deliverers will go up on Mount Zion to govern the mountains of Esau, and the kingdom will be the Lord's. Again, verse 15 is where things get turned around. And it starts, it, it starts to go, again, starts to go past where, where God is, is giving the message to Obadiah for Edom. And now he's saying, okay, now I'm going to address all nations. So uh, he's, his, all of his do-nots, they have all been, again, on violent acts against Israel, their attitude over Jerusalem and, and their destruction, the uh, plundering, looting of Jerusalem, and the mistreatment of Jerusalem survivors. Again, those were all in the do-nots that God, the Lord, had sent down for Edom to, to tell Edom, this is where you have got to stop. 15, again, turns back into the, the, uh, the day of the Lord is near for all nations. This, is, this starts the, the day of judgment, and, and the Lord wants Obadiah to make sure that all nations understand this that the day of judgment is near for all nations when all, all evil will be punished and the righteous renewed. Because this, again, you can relate back to the end times when you get into Revelation. You'll find that some of these things are just as, they're slightly reworded, but they are basically just as uh, it is in the old time, or in, in the Revelation, uh, book of Revelation. It also on 18 says, Jacob will be a fire and Joseph a flame. This is actually where the Lord says that Israel and Judah are going to be re reunited. So again, more prophecy for the end times. The, uh, the greatest thing about this book that I gleaned was the fact that we cannot let our pride and our, I guess, pride in the sense that we cannot be so proud in our own accomplishments to where we don't remember where those accomplishments come from, where they came from, where the idea of our uh, philosophies come from, that everything comes from the Lord. There's no way that we can start to put even our families above the Lord. We have to remember that our families are a blessing to us as much as the hierarchy of how life should be. Again, keeping the Lord first. We are second with our spouses, our children, and so on down the line. The Edomites, who are now erased from existence because of what the things they did against God's chosen, they're no longer in the book. It's, it's a done deal for them. They did not fall back into place. Uh, they were not shown the mercy that we are shown. Again, this is Old Testament. So Jesus Christ has not come onto the scene yet. So that's the good news because when Jesus Christ comes onto the, to the scene, that's when we get the Holy Spirit, 
That's when we get the reminders. That's where we get to know the love of Christ and what, what the Lord, the creator of all, was like in the Old Testament when the people were to worship him and give him the, the glory and praise that he deserves. Uh, I just want to say we are so blessed with our praise and worship band because they, they have a love for the Lord. They, they can, it, it can just start your day out so wonderfully. The words are there if you listen to them. Lord, have your way in me this morning. Have your way in me, Lord. And guess what? I would pray that in every person in this room understands that when we get that when we get that rap on the brain that says, "Hey, you're on the wrong path. You need to come back over here." That the Holy Spirit, that we're all listening to the Holy Spirit and His promptings. Because I would hate to be a person that is stuck in the end with no way out, and so proud because. Keep in mind, this is why, why God sent the message to all nations as well. Think about this. There are going to be people that said that this word is junk. It's just a book. And they're going to see all the, all the things that the Lord said is going to happen in here. We're going to see all these works. When Jesus comes back again, we're going to see all these plagues. We're going to see all this. And there's people that are still going to say, the Lord's not, he doesn't exist. And to me, I can't fathom that. But there are going to be so many people in the world. Well, we look at, we look at the 144,000 that come back to try one more time to let the people know, hey guys, time to turn to God. This is it. We're coming to the end. And there are so many people that are not going to believe what this word says. And there is prophecy in so many of these books in the Old Testament that leads up to the New Testament. And we have to be ready and prepared to stand up for what we know is right. We have not even really felt any religious persecution at this point in time. We're still able to come out here. We're still able to attend services with each other. We still have the freedom to choose a church of our choice. We pray that the message comes through the same. We know that there are times when it isn't the same. But when I can pick up God's word and find a book with 21 verses and glean so much from that 21 verses, you can see why it takes us so many weeks to go through a, a normal book like, first, like Second Corinthians. Because there is so much information in this book. I, I thank God that he's given me the ability to come up and speak in front of people. Because when I was younger, that was not going to happen. But because of, and by all means, I am not a Bible scholar. I just praise God that when he opened my eyes... And I started to attend family groups and Bible studies 
because there is not any book of the Bible that I've ever been to a Bible study that I don't glean something new that I didn't read for myself. So I pray today that take a look at our, our pride. Take a look at the things that we are proud of, which is fantastic. But make sure that in here, in our hearts, our pride is not taking us one step above, above what the Lord continues to do for us each and every day, what his son Jesus Christ has done for us each and every day, and that we are able to, as a people, be able to speak the name of the Lord with praise and glory, and that we're not ashamed to mention it to anyone out there in the world that wants to, maybe they don't even want to hear us, maybe they want to just make fun of us for believing in something we can't see and touch, but that we have faith enough, and we just want to give God all the glory for the things that, for one, I'm glad that we don't have to say we are as good as the Lord because he's had to punish people in a way that we would even find disastrous. But this is the plan. This is God's word. This is his, his way of letting us know that the end times are near. So with that, is there any questions about Edom I might answer? If not, I'm going to pray. We're going to get the music back up here. And we are just going to go through this Labor Day weekend. Uh, and I hope to be that to, for us to be a blessing to all the other people out there and to let them know how much we care and love them each and every day. Any questions on Edom? Or, again, I wish I was techie. If I was techie, I could have all kinds of pictures and everything else, but I am not. Don't smile. You know it. It's true. I'm very bad. I can't hardly work my phone, so I'm just glad that I can read and, and uh, be able to research and to do things in the name of the Lord. Father, we just uh, we come before you, Lord, as a, a nation of Christian believers, Lord, a, just people that want to love you and be in your arms, Lord, and be, have you in our hearts, Jesus, for the things that you've done for us to give us a chance at life uh, is amazing, Father. Lord, I pray that uh, if there is any prayer requests, that they are written on the cards, Jesus. And if not, let's let one of us know, because we know that prayer is, is something we can share, Lord, that is as powerful as anything else in this nation is. Father, so we ask you that you again uh, bless us as we went through the book of Obadiah, Lord, and that... Uh, if any of us should need to be your servant in the future, Lord, your messenger in the future, that we don't shy away from that job, no matter how hard it may be, and Lord, that we can glean from you what life eternal is going to be like with you when this is all said and done. In his, in his name, Lord, in your name, uh, we just give you thanks and glory. Amen.